This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride, and today joined by Dave Prentice, Gav Buckland, and Sam Carroll as we chew the fat over all the major talking points at Goodison Park. And as you are listening to this, we are closing in on one week to go until the close of the Premier League transfer window. Plenty of work to for the Blues to be done and uh, we'll be getting the lads' feelings and whether they're confident that Michael Silver can land the five players he wants before the 5pm cut-off a week today. I'll also be asking them whether there's anything that's on that's not on the list of the manager that should be. Uh, we'll also be discussing Henry Onyekuru and the hopefully soon-to-be uh, arrival of Moise Ken from Juventus. Um Preno, are you confident that Marco will be given the five players that he wants uh, in what remains of the window one week to go? <laughs> Confidence probably stretching it a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm getting apprehensive now, but you know, eyebrows slightly starting to raise. It's only a week, and you know how complex transfer deals are nowadays. It, you know, it takes some time to get them over the line, as we're finding out with Moise Ken, which is, you know, to all intents and purposes, done. Uh, but you know, still not being unveiled yet. Um, if you think back to last summer, I mean, the transfer window ended in a real flurry of activity. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something similar happen again. A little bit disappointed in that you would have wanted those players on board, as we've mentioned before, to get assimilated, to, you know, to get used to the new style of play, to the new country if they're being brought from abroad, etc., etc. That's not going to happen now. You know, basically, players have got to you know, hit the ground running. So a little bit disappointed in that. But no, I've still got confidence in them sorting the, uh, the deals out that they want. As we've said in this room many times, they won't compromise. Uh, they, they will stick to their principles and bring in the players that they want. And uh, we have to trust them. And let's face it, they've earned that trust given what they've achieved in the transfer markets so far. Gav, same question. Do you sit here as a uh, relaxed and confident Evertonian? <laughs> um, He's looking late. Yeah, that Fennel's reassured me there. Yeah, um, yeah I think th- th- maybe the slight difference to last season is that everybody's left at late this year. I've read somewhere about the number of transactions that have yeah. been made this season compared to last year. Is like you know, is a half or something like that at this compared to the same stage. So everybody's going to be in a mad rush in the next uh, next seven days. Yeah, I, I'm confident to a degree. It, it's it's this principle though, isn't it, of like sticking to your guns and we only get what we want. Well, what happens if that doesn't come available between now and next Friday? Do you, do you run with running a sense half light or a centre forward? Light or whatever, and that that's going to be the issue for me. Um, but I, I fully support that, and and we we've done well uh, so far in terms of as we'll talk later about getting rid of players, as it were. But I'm still, uh, if we get five, that'll be just 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 for the purpose of this film. But which five plates we said before? Which five places? So you talking about? our understanding is the five positions: right back, yeah, centre back. Hopefully Zuma, but possibly yeah. not. Uh, defensive mid replacement for Idrissa, winger and a f- centre forward. Yeah, I could live without a right back, and I could oh, possibly I live with that. Important now yeah. that John Joe Kenny's gone. I mean, yeah. Seamus Coleman doesn't have any physical. Well, back yeah, now, does depends he? on if we. Ha- yeah, but well, you're asking a player to play out of position who's not necessarily that comfortable. Did the whole last yeah. season for West Brom, though, didn't he? Done quite well. Mm. I could live without potentially live without a right back, and if you got a centre half in, Michael Keane has played there. 
I'm just thinking about the priorities. Which ones of those five would you say the priorities? I would say sense half. We, we, we all have a different view on this. Sense half is the priority yeah. to me. Okay. Sam, what's your priority if if you had to prioritise one of those five positions? It's got to be a gay replacement, hasn't it? Probably our most important player for the last two seasons. Actually, I looked at that uh, Instagram post that he put out this morning with uh, Forever Everson as the uh, the backing singer, and what a player he looks. <laughs> I thought, wow, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm worth selling him. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a great highlights reel, but a lot of it was little, you know, sort of dogged stuff that you not necessarily would notice during a game, just nicking balls, nicking possession, uh, keeping it nice and simple. Yeah, he's going to be a big miss. No, I mean, right back, I think, just... Uh, not trying to show any disrespect to Mason Holgate, I think, you know, so is a decent player, but he's always said he prefers, you know, to play his football as centre back. I'm not sure about him as a right back. Uh, it's such a specialist position nowadays, full back. Seamus Coleman, not getting any younger. I, I want to see some good quality competition stroke back up for him. Uh, that's if Moisey Ken is this out and out forward that, you know, so we thought we were going to buy, because I've always said all summer centre forward is the main one for me. I want to see a goal scorer brought in. And Ken was a six in 13 games, not a bad record. And, you know, Five starts. Yeah, we, we've all looked at the YouTube clips and got very excited by yeah. his little tricks and his, uh, you know, his goals he scored. And he's dancing. Uh, and he, <laughs> I wasn't quite so excited by that. But um, yeah, I mean, a, a forward probably still for me, but no, if you're going to, Ask for a particular position, right back still. Yeah. Even though, and, and Gav, you, you, you will agree with this because you've said so in terms of given, you know, the manager has made it clear that he wanted to keep the level from last season, which meant not losing any of the players we didn't want to lose. Unfortunately, that hasn't come to fruition. Getting Gomez back and getting Zuma. Oh, don't, don't, yeah. Priority numero uno from the start of the uh, close season for me. Uh, and if we don't get him, I think we've got problems because we... There are, you know, so we, there there's are arguments, yeah, there's arguments, are be... yeah, there's arguments to say we need two centre-halves, isn't it? Because we got rid of, we got rid of two, or two two have left, as it were, if you count Zuma and Zagielka from our like, first team last year. I'm not sure what Holgate's future is. Um, I thought for one second you were talking Ashley Williams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bring Ashley back, yeah. You know, there's, there's, I always go, you know, you know what one of my main... Points on the podcast over the years is, is where Martin has messed up in 2015. Yes. Where we allowed two centre halves to go and we brought one in. Mm. End of the following season, that's where we ended up with the likes of McCarthy and yeah. Bessage playing centre half at Anfield because we, we could run the whole season with three centre halves when we needed four. And I, I don't want the same mistakes to happen with us this year. Um, so the, the, the problem is with, you know, going back to Pleno's points, if it just, Players that they actually want. Well, if Zuma doesn't come in, have they got time in seven days to get a centre half that they actually want? Uh, and that, so that's the priority for me. As expect, I mean, expectation is as much as it can the, the centre forward. Then that if we bring well, him well, in, all right, well, we're not going to get somebody else. Let's, let's jump to that part of, of the podcast then. That that's TBC as far as I can see, yeah. because from what we can gather, um, he can play. Kind of across the front line. So, is he is he nominally the centre forward Marco wanted, or is he? Does he come into the winger category, or is he a bit of both? Do we still want another four? It's a little bit sort of uncertain. What do you think, Sam? I think that's the kind of uh, the pleasing aspect for me is that he seems to be in the same mould of of Richarlison, and I think all the best Premier League teams at the moment, you know, are, are playing with these kind of. Fluid front threes and and you can and you don't need to to find as much anymore. But then you know, as Preno said, you know, 
do you still then need your, your Aguero-style striker who, who gets all the goals? But I think Ken certainly fits into that uh, versatile mould and, and certainly from you know the, the the little snippets we've seen and as Peno says, the, the the YouTube clips and you know his, his kind of physical stature, he looks like he, he could definitely play down the middle if we need him to do that. You know, So it could be a case then of Silva maybe sitting back and thinking, you know, Richarlison, Bernard... Uh, Walcott, um, who am I missing? And Ken himself yeah. could, could all kind of play some part and, and, and rotate across the front three. So I don't think at the moment it's it's a massive concern actually where he actually will play because they can all kind of flit across the three positions. But, you know, if, if they have a striker kind of lined up as well, that, that that's another bonus, you know, a, a recognised striker who who kind of plays that position in a more traditional sense as Silver mm-hmm. liked. You know, I think he's he's always worked with his kind of Dini style. Yeah. Target man forward, you know, the the, the Mandzukic. I think he's obviously a fan of yeah. of Mario Mandzukic at Juventus as well. That certainly seems to be that kind of profile that, that Marco likes. So you just kind of got to see how it goes. You know, Gav's saying about Zuma, but I think, you know, it'd be almost lacklustre of Silver and Brands if they, if they haven't identified alternatives, wouldn't they? But well, they have done, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, although... It is going to be cutting it fine. I that, think there's the still thing, yeah. just the, the, still just enough time now to to get it done. You know, obviously when you look back to that final day of of last summer, it was obviously very exciting, and we brought a lot of players in. But it would be nice to not be kind yeah. of fret, a, a, fretting. A line needs to be drawn in the sand regarding Kurt Zuma. You know, they need mm. to decide either they yeah. do have you know optimism still of bringing him in or not. And if they don't have optimism, you know, now is the time to be. Yeah. You know, directly targeting, you know, an alternative. Certainly the message over the last weekend in Germany when I was asking around was was there was still enough hope, there was still yeah. enough kind of, the door was ajar enough for Everton to have not gone right, we have to move on. We've been, we've been here before with Olivier Giroud and uh, we know how much that cost the club, you know, basically putting all the stall in, in one basket and it just to mix my metaphors horribly <laughs> uh, but, but, um, but, but, but it was it was um, it, it was very very costly um, you know so sort of taking that strategy and I would hope that you know Marcel Brands and Marco Silva wouldn't fall into the same trap um, this summer I think the difficulty with Zuma isn't it is that it's almost a, a catch 22 for, for all parties involved because mm. obviously I think Zuma's made a lot of friends with Everton I think he enjoyed his time at Everton Everton have restored his confidence after you know, still you forget he's only a young lad. Uh, really, you know, getting relegated with Stoke wouldn't have done anything for his confidence. Haven't restored that. Then at the same time, he's probably thinking, can I break into the break into the Chelsea team in the Champions League? Can I make an impression? You know, the the new managers came out and said all the right things. You know, then from Chelsea's point of view, it's like, should we make the money on him? Should we keep the faith in him? The transfer ban. And then finally, when you come to Everton's position in terms of obviously wanting them and, and having that faith in them, he knows the club. Uh, but at the same time, as we're saying, as Preno says, you're getting to that kind of final time now where you, you might have to cut ties on them. So there's so many different things mm. going on. Obviously, the, the transfer ban for me probably is the key one that complicates it uh, even further. But, you know, it, it would be great to, to get care to him. And I thought his form, especially, I'd say probably following that Tottenham game at Goodison where yeah. we got beat 6-2, I thought, after that. You know, because I, I remember going home from that game and, and thinking... I just don't. I don't like him. And then you know, <laughs> sorry, Kurt, if you're listening, you, you wasn't there. Enough, he wasn't yeah, on my yeah. Christmas card list that yeah. night. Put it that way. But you know, I'd, I'd probably say, especially I think the game me and you went to a Palace last season, Phil. 
probably one of his best performance of of, of the season. Mm. You know, and he, he looked commanding, and you know, as as it's horrible to say, but as as they've shown across the park, that if you do put money on a centre back and he's worth it, then you know yeah. you, you you get your just rewards kind of thing. And and, and Zuma does kind of look like he he could be worth that. So it's just such an an interesting and. Difficult situation, really, isn't it? I think every Evertonian wants him back, but at the same time, as Preno and Gav have, have pointed out, you don't want to miss out on someone else, and you don't want to go into the season short because you know it, it is a difficult season and it is a long season. And if we want that silverware we crave, and we want to compete on all fronts, you need strength and depth. It's, football isn't just about having your eleven players anymore; it's about having more than twenty players, isn't it? And so yeah, I think out of five to, to go back to that, I'm thinking four. We got four, right? Gav, just staying with, with Zuma for, for a minute. If 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 the club still going into the final week, say Monday, still believe there's hope, is it still not a really really dodgy, for want of a better phrase, situation? Because imagine Louise does his knee in training, yeah. and then Lampard goes right, it's off. So you're left with even less time. You've done the groundwork on Zuma. You, you know something might have progressed to the point of it's happening. Yeah. It's, and then, no, or Rudiger's, no, he's had a setback. No, we can't sell him. Now, I appreciate that there are backups and there's alternatives, yeah. but that, that leaves you in a very, very kind of, yeah, you know, squeaky uh, bum time, isn't it? Dolce in a position could be, and you know, by the way, we'd assume we've got the money to do all this, mm. that there'll be sufficient outgoing yes. for this to be affordable, you know, contractually obliged to say that, is if you're looking on the base that we're looking for two centre-halves, you could be looking for one that you think, oh, we'll definitely get somebody in there and Zuma then becomes sort of the, the bonus right centre half as it were so if you get him in great but because we're getting another one in we're going to start the season with at least three centre halves plus Holgate so that could be mm. that could be one way of thinking to be honest with you that it's, so when we say five there it's actually five positions plus six players right yeah um, so but, but, but as Preno says that, that has to be a line in the sand zone and that could that would have to be now I don't think he could wait until three like or four days. Yeah, 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 three or four days doesn't appear to be right for yeah, me. Because if we look at the, there was a breakthrough in, in negotiations with Juventus for Moise Ken start the week, and we're still we're thinking it's probably not going to be done until the weekend, probably. So if we're talking about trying to negotiate a deal with a player who's got to come from abroad, you've got all the myriad of things yeah. that needs to be done in a, in in less time than probably. You you would need unless they're going to explore the loan market again, which well, has always been a get out in the past. I mean, two significant players last year, you know, so we're here on loan for the season. So you know, maybe that's you know a get around, a workaround. Absolutely, I was going to say that would that would seem like a, a natural step, wouldn't it, at this stage? Yeah, financially as well, it's a bit more of a prudent move, isn't it, a loan? But um, yeah, I just the more I think about it, relax at the start of the pod. The more I think about it now. Not as relaxed. <laughs> I think the disappointment is, is is that all the messages coming out of Everton was that at the end of last season they wanted the business done relatively early, wasn't it? In an ideal world, yeah. In, in an ideal world. Yeah. But I think also then, as Dave said, the success of last summer, you know, I think people kind of did have this kind of uh, idealist then approach on things that we were just kind of going to, a few days after the season closed, just sign bang, 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 and have everything in place. Um, you know, even going into pre-season, and obviously that hasn't materialised. And then... I think in a way it's just kind of crept up because there's been different things going on. You know, there was the whole Gomez saga and then, you know, there's been pre-season and, and tours. and The, and the stadium announcements and stadium as well. Stadium announcements as well. Yeah. And then Delft kind of came Spotlight out the blue. Away. And yeah. then I think almost people 
only in now the last few days have gone and gone. The season starts next week. The window yeah. closes next week. Yeah. We've sold gay, and 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 kind of these dominoes have just started to maybe fall in, in in the opposite direction a little bit, and you know, kind of work against us for the first time a, a little bit as well. But you know, there's credit in the bank from Brands and Silver. People have still got confidence in them. You know, every signing last season, Barmina, and and that isn't to say he wasn't a, isn't going to be a success this season. You know, worked out last term, so. You know, it, it, it's all his nicks on the one hand, it's dead exciting. And, you know, yeah, it's almost yeah. like you're down to like the fantasy football stage of, of bringing these lads in. And, and in terms of Moise, Moise? Moise or Moise, yeah. Moise Ken. Uh, you know, the, the, as I was saying yesterday, I think the, the most exciting Everton transfer for me since since we permanently signed Lukaku. But then on the other hand, there's the, there's the, there's the Evertonian in, in your head that always tells you the worst possible outcome is going to... And we'll end up with none of these players. The, 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 yeah. the uh, person on one shoulder says Lukaku, the other shoulder says Sandro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited by by this signing, you know, given the impact he made in a very short space of time. 19 boss. I'm just a little concerned... Why would Juventus sell a player of that quality? Three international caps, nineteen. You know, so you know, yeah. star for the future. And I know the money's okay. You know, so, but it wasn't a huge, you know, figure either. Why would Juventus sell him? I mean, uh, just Champions help fund a bit of a revamp, perhaps. You know, I think there's talk of them looking at Icardi. Is it from from Inter? Possibly, maybe possibly. Yeah. even Rome. They, they want, yeah. yeah, they want established, you know, so strikers rather than you mm. know, possibly could be good strikers. So. It's a strategy that, you know, um, Marcel Brands and Marco Silva have embraced now. Um, we have to wait and see. But, yeah, I'm quite excited by what I see. But I'd just like to have a slight caveat because, you know, we've had our fingers burned in yeah. the past, you know, getting excited about players that haven't quite delivered. Well, that, that's, that's the whole thing. In, in many respects, the Brands thing of bringing players in early 20s or late teens, whatever, is exciting and, like, suits a club like Evan, but that carries an enormous risk element yeah. to it, doesn't it, as well, which we've got to, got to remember... And that's why I think that, you know, the signing of Delph is like a decent balance to, mm. to all that type of thing, you know. Um, well, that neatly brings me on, yeah. Gav. The signing Ooh. of Delph, Marco has, has said, specifically helps him give greater flexibility to midfield options, specifically playing 4-3-3. Do you yeah. think the signing of Ken, and given that we think, rather than a target man type, he probably a bit more of Richarlison and play across the front line, does that, does that give more credence to the fact that we could see change in formation more often this season and and, and, yeah. and you know 4-2-3-1 was almost a given wasn't it by the odd three at the yeah. back I think 4-3-3 could actually be two words Gilfie Sigurdsson well is that as long as you've got Gilfie Sigurdsson in the team then you can't play 4-3-3 unless you play him at wide which I don't think is his best position so do you think there's enough well, creativity in a team that hypothetically had a three-man midfield of Gomez, Delph and a holding midfield of Gabaman or however you pronounce it we think is the one yeah, that yeah. we want and a front three hypothetically of Richarlison, Kennan, Bernard? Yeah, yeah, well that's a far more fluid and probably I think in the middle of the park far more robust setup to be to be fair and probably gets the best out of your players I mean in, in some of the Gilfie's, Gil, he's a strange player, Sigurdsson, isn't he? In that, he, like, I mean, he's not going to run games. We've talked about this the other week. I mean, he's not going to run games for you. And in many respects, for what he brings to the teams at 13 Premier League goals and, you know, all great goals and assists and stuff like that, in many ways, he stops you doing certain things with the setup of the team, doesn't he? That you can't play 4 3 3 for a start. Um, and, 
and by having the team, you do lose a bit of balance in the sense of the park. Um, and perhaps, as you say, it does force you probably into playing a striker as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, unless you play him as a striker, which he did move last year, yes. if you remember. Yeah. You know, it, it means you've got to play a striker. So rather than have that flat fluid three that other teams have produced. So, yeah, you could play 4-3-3, but I'm just wondering what Sigerson's role in all this is. He doesn't naturally look like he fits in that formation. No, he doesn't because he's naturally a forward player. You know, you want him up the pitch, don't you? He's not He's not going to be involved in the midfield tussle, is he? Um, his best work's in the round, the opposition box. So as long as he's in the team, our options are limited. Uh, and um, it'd be interesting to see how Marco uh, handles that, considering he was signed for 48 million quid. That's a, It's a bold move to just drop him. It is, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, would, would would you go all right to the first game? Or once all the new players are in, bang, Sigurdsson, you drop because I want to play four three three. It sounds mad, doesn't it? Really, given what he's brought to the team. Yeah, and I still, to be honest, I still think Sigurdsson's a bit of an easy fall guy because he's not this kind of all action ten, and he's not particularly quick or powerful. You know, and and I know it can it can be kind of too stat heavy sometimes, but you know, all the kind of underlying statistics of, of Sigurdsson's game in that position are some of the best in the Premier League. You know, he was our top goal scorer. You know, last time Everton had a midfielder who was top goal scorer, would that have been Kale or Fellaini? Going back mm-hmm. almost 10, 10 years now, you know, so, you know, it, and it, you know, a decent total getting into double figures, you know, the assists he records and those little moments of magic, you know, like like the one against Leicester and I think, you know, a couple of assists that he got, you know, one against Manchester United towards the end of the season. I think he set up uh, Theo Walcott's goal. Mm. So, for me, Sigurdsson's still still a vital part of this team, you know, and, and at the end of the day, yeah, he does have to do more sometimes. You know, we, we probably can't afford the way, you know, if we do want to break into this top six, we probably can't afford him having too many games where he's, he's not getting involved, but he works his socks off even when it's not going for him on the ball. So I certainly think for the start of the season, you know, stick to it. You know, keep him as a as a key cog in this team and let's see what he, what, what he can create. You know, if we do get Moise Ken in and we do bolster that forward line, you know, let, let's see if he can go on to even even bigger heights in terms of goals and assists and let's see what maybe they can improve his game as well because probably we are now coming into Sigurdsson's prime couple of couple of seasons. But yeah, I think, I think it's too easy to... I know Preno's obviously a big Sigurdsson fan as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was almost convinced by, uh, by Gav's argument then, almost. You know, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I'm a big, big Gilfie Sigurdsson fan, but for me, you have to have your best players in the starting eleven. And I totally accept that, that means you've got to fiddle with the uh, the formation because, no, he doesn't fit naturally into a 4-3-3 or, or that effectively. But I'd, I'd still want him in the starting lineup because of what he brings to the team. Therefore, the, the formation will have to be built around him. Is he good enough to build you know, sort of a team around? Depends on you know, sort of what kind of you know, status mm-hmm. you think your football club should be at. But you know, if we're looking at a top six finish, I think he's good enough to be you know, sort of a, a top six you know, yeah. footballer, you know, a team built around him. I just... I feel that you always have to have you know sort of your best players in the team if you're going to achieve things. And for me, he was one of Emerson's best players last season, so I'd like to see him in there. Um, what that does for the formation, we'll have to wait and see. But no, he's not a natural 4-3-3 footballer. So that's one for Marco Silva to uh, yeah, wrestle we're his... Not uh, being criticism. We're not being critical of him as a footballer. Eh? What, we're, what we're saying is strength of a team does... His strength as a player restricts what you can do as a team, isn't it? And I, I think... We're getting a few more options, aren't we, up, up top and maybe in midfield? And maybe there's some players like Sigson who, 
you know, by last season here before were definite starters for the team. At least gives Marco some options there. And in certain games, you may may want to may want to change it, but we just him being there for me for all the sense that he brings to the team, you know, goals and and magical moments. Is, Who needs goals? It? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Well, exactly. Um, whether that. You know that stops us progressing as a as a, as a new point, especially since he is thirty this year. Yeah, yes, yeah. What do you what do you make of what has sort of come to light fairly recently? And I was reminded of it um, a few weeks ago that the alternative to Sigurdsson that summer was Son. Cuban yeah. was known to be a big fan. Would he? He seems less. I know. I know it's after time and stuff, but he seems less. Rigid, you know what I mean, in terms of where he would play. Yeah, well, he's more four three three, isn't he? Like mm. playing up top, probably a little bit wise, and he's a bit he's ideal, isn't he? Yeah, don't say things like that, Phil. By the way, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's to share with the group, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think spoiled was a perfectly nice podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I say I can only say that. Yeah, I just think it gives Silver some options, and it doesn't necessarily follow that some players who've been. Definite stars in the last two years will be definite stars. Um, and be interesting to see also, which we'll come on to speak about the options in midfield are a bit more, you know, mm. we've got more varied options now in midfield. So that will be a very interesting uh, little, you know, uh, little set of scenarios for Silver to deal with, I think, in terms of tactics. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's go back then to the fact that we've got a week left. Um, Gavin things already answered this question. So for, for Preno and Sam, is there anything on on the list, as we say, on on the five the five players? Is there anything on that list? So is there anything that's not on that list that should be? <laughs> well, the list basically encompasses the whole team, doesn't it? was saying, why not? Why not two centre backs? Yeah. yeah, I mean. Nobody's nobody's suggesting. Well, we need a left winger. So we're talking right back, centre back, holding mid, holding midfielder, a wide player, right hand side preferably, mm. and a striker. Yeah, I think that's pretty much you know so every department boxed off. And if all five of those can be you know so sort of captured by next Thursday, you would be absolutely delighted. Um, I don't think that leaves any glaring holes. I mean, you always want goal scorers in the squad. An extra striker, I think, you know, wouldn't be. You know, something I'd be desperately disappointed about. An extra centre-back as well, maybe, given Yerry Mina's frailty, should we say, in terms of fitness you know, so in, his, in his debut season. And we still haven't really seen you know, a consistent run of form from him. So it's taken a, a bit of a risk on him being a success in his second season. Um, if you wanted to throw more, I'd say another striker. I just think you, you can't have enough people that can score goals, um, that you know can mix it up a little bit in that final third. But, you know, I've, I've been banging the drum all, all summer about it. An out-and-out goal scorer, you know, a more central striker. Moise Ken isn't one of them. He's one of those players that the club, to be fair, identified as what they wanted, somebody that can play across the front three and can be interchangeable. Um, but we need more goals. I mean, we, we seem to address the, um, the defensive issues in the second half of last season and finished the season very strongly. Uh, but you still need to be able to score goals to win games. Yeah, I think if we... I think I'd like to see a striker as well. As Ken, I think I am quite intrigued by that kind of Mandzukic type profile, you know, that, that to see kind of, you know, I think Everton fans do kind of get behind that type of player as well, you know, 
to, to kind of go back on an alternative timeline. If we'd have got Olivier Giroud, maybe we'd be sat here now talking about Ronald Koeman's third, fourth season in, mm. in charge, and it, and it all could have been a little bit different. You know, Everton haven't had that kind of player for a, for a while now, you know, and, and I think that would be good. But, you know, if, if we get five players, then how many have we signed this summer? Seven, eight, eight? Eight. Including Gomez. So you, you you can't knock that kind of business, can you? Everton will certainly have put the put the money where the mouths are in terms of the recruitment once again. My only worry can it can it be too much sometimes? You know, is it gonna and you know, I think Everton fans do kind of have to accept that it might be another season of kind of having to accept not every game is gonna go our way and, and kind of come to terms with tactics and, you know, the squad continuing to gel together, but if we get five players in before the end of the transfer window, it's going to be one of the most exciting ones and it's going to, again, push us that little bit further forward because I think we've came on leaps and bounds in, in one season under Silver, that kind of miserable winter aside. You know, there was a lot of positives to take and, and as I, th- I thought, you know, Silver's quotes, I think maybe towards the end of the season, you know, about continuing to, to gel on, on the training pitch are quite pertinent. You know, I think we do still just need to kind of get to grips with kind of his, his system a little bit more and, and the way him and Marcel... You know, are certainly, you know, you can see the buying these players to, to play a certain style of football and and that's gonna continue. So yeah, there would be no there'd be no additional ones on, on my on my shopping list. Will we get them all this summer? No, probably not. But you know, I am confident that, that we can get we can get most of them and Yeah, we we need at least three or four of them by next Thursday. You know, yeah. to have a decent solid but start I, to I the season. I still think there's a kind of credence to, you know, not buying for the sake of it, you know. Certainly. If it takes us Absolutely, till January, yeah. if it takes us till next summer, you know, let's not let's not splash the cash. Let's not flap and go. Oh, well, let's let's buy him for thirty million. Yeah. You know, that's certainly not the way it seems. Marco or Marcel are gonna gonna work. But you would know, you, would you would you therefore would you wait twelve months for Zuma and just bring in a loan centre back? Don't think there'd be any any harm in that whatsoever. You know, yeah. you, you'll get there eventually. I still think Silver's certainly got. Unless an absolutely scandalous run of, run of form happens, Silver's definitely still got another season of kind of where fans will accept, you know, it's a it's a transition. So so that would be fine, you know, if they think these targets maybe will come available next season and we can we can get you know adequate stop gaps in between, then then that's okay, isn't it? And and that and that will will do for now because I still think even you know if you do add Ken to this team, if you do add Bamman from from Mainz. Even that that squad should certainly be capable enough with this current Premier League to certainly challenge for the top eight to go toe to toe with Leicester and Wolves easily, and to even you know if, if your City, uh, sorry your Man Uniteds or your Chelseas or your Arsenal's or your Man Cities <laughs> slip up, <laughs> slip up you, to have to have a go at the top six. You know anything else? I think will be a bonus. I think more the, the worry more this season is gelling. You know if we do bring in if you if you finish a transfer window with eight new faces, albeit Gomez and Zuma could be two of them. I still think there's there's another transition to. I think, to I think we can safely say City aren't going to slip up. It's an interesting point that yeah. though, Sam. Yeah. Do, do you think supporters will accept another season of transition? I'm not saying like by any no, means. But you know what I mean? Twelfth, you know, no, yeah, you know what I mean. Seventh. What, what, what do you think eighth. our What do you think our aspirations are this season? Well, S- Silver's aspirations are to improve on last season. Yeah, and that, that, exactly. It's got yeah. to be challenging for the Europa League spots. Yeah. Racing Post have done their predictions for the start of the season, and I was quite disappointed or underwhelmed by you know their predictions for Everton. 
it's basically exactly the same again, eighth yeah. place. And I'm pretty sure that's based on what's happened in the transfer market so far. Mm. Like, uh, you know, if it had been written this time next week and three or four players have been added mm. to the squad, that, that can make a significant difference to people's thinking, which is why the next week's so important, yeah. and which is why, you know, two or yeah. three places have to be landed just to maintain that optimism and that momentum that was generated towards the end of last season. Although, to be, to be fair, do you remember the season we finished fourth? when like the papers would do the, the pull-out at the start of the season and every single one predicted us to finish 18th. Well, that and was I remember, being, right. I remember we being in tears to me dad well, well, saying we're going we're gonna to get relegated. We, we had a relegation six-pointer away at Crystal Palace on the, uh, the second weekend of the season. We did. Gen- genuinely, people yeah. were looking yeah, at yeah, that yeah, as a relegation yeah. six-pointer in August wow. and uh, Everton won 3-1 and suddenly, you know, so generated momentum. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was that was bizarre that summer. I mean, to have sold Wayne Rooney in the summer and to have sold Thomas Graveson halfway through, uh, who'd been player of the season up to that point and still finish fourth. It was just phenomenal. I mean, but again, it was based on on transfers, Tim Cahill arrived yeah. in that summer and made a, a huge impact. Am I right in saying Marcus Benz was signed Marcus Benz, as well? Yeah, yeah, had, yeah. had a great season. So, you know, transfer market does make a big difference. Yeah, I think... Uh, we had a few off-the-field things there, wasn't it? Trevor Bates came in as chief executive last about three weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I do, there's, a, there's a little bit of an elephant in the room in all this conversation, though, isn't it? Is what does it say about the short-term opportunities for players who come through our academy who are in the day about the first team? Talking specifically, Tom Davis, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Mm. Well, and Joe if, Williams is yeah, going to win. Yeah, last what night. does it say about those two players who are sort of like poster boys for our academy and like supporters, you know, like Tom in particular is, is held up as a, you know, quite rightly, you know, as a sort of a way of selling Everton, you know, on the, all the adverts and not so on. He was now entering his fifth season in the round of first team mm. uh, squad. What does it say, all these movements that we're talking about, say about their opportunities for next season? And do, do both of them as players or individuals have a future at the club? It's, it says you've got to be exceptional uh, to yeah. you know fit into a team that's aiming for the top six, and you know, they've both had you know fleeting cameos where they've looked very good. I wouldn't say exceptional, uh, but you've got to make that step up again. Um, and Everson seem committed to that youth policy. They've given Tom Davis opportunities last season. Dominic Calvert Lewin got plenty of opportunities last season. Tom got a new deal as um, well in the summer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know they clearly you know do see you know long term futures for them. But you've got to deliver uh, on a consistent yeah. you know, basis, otherwise yeah. you, you don't get picked. That's the thing, isn't it? We can't just kind of be saying, right, well, we won't sign a centre mid or we won't sign a striker because these lads have, have been associated with the with the academy. You know, hopefully for bringing in players like Andre Gomez and, and Moisey yeah, Kent, yeah. they can learn from them to, to become consistent first-team performers. But I think it would be kind of... It's, it's, it's an almost unfair comparison to make, isn't it? Kind of saying, but, you know sacking these lads off in, for, for transfers because we're not they're still part of the, the squad and they're still going to play more than 20 games each this season in, in, in all competitions I'd, I'd say pretty, pretty do you think easy. so do you think so it's interesting think, yeah. isn't it because towards, sure. it, towards the end of last season Marco um, in a chat with us had sort of said talking to him about Tom and, and, and stuff and he said he basically warned him the competition in midfield is, is going to get tougher Yeah, you know and that's you know, I suppose it's not really what you want to hear if, you, if you're Tom, is it? Because, you know, you want to play and he wants to play as an attacking midfielder. He's come out and said this summer in the chat we did in Kenya. So that's kind of, if that's where he wants to specifically play, you know, his options, perhaps, you know, it's it's, it's him and... Gone both. out and bought two or three players who had played in that area of the pitch. Yeah. Um, and that affects Dominic as well. So we're talking about, you know, signing maybe two strikers where Dom, or thereabouts where Dominic plays... And I, I just think that 
I'm not sure how much game time they will get. I know what Sam's mm. saying. Didn't you throw injuries and all that? I expect a few games, but based on but who the play the players you've the players you've, we've got rid of in the summer of Suns tended to be. I know there's the odd exception with Guy in that sort of 19 to 22 age bracket, haven't he? Or gone on loan. You know, Joe Williams, John Joe Kenny, Vlasic, Luckman, Onyekuru, depends on you know, and are all in that all in that age range. So they're players that they've identified. Listen, they're not good enough to the first team, so we need to mm. to move move it on. Um, and some of them may generally want to move on as well to get first team action. And to me, I, I view Davis and Calvert-Lewin and now as part of that group. Right. I even though they've played like quite a few games, but actually that's actually a best way of informing the decision. And I, I do wonder whether they, if I was looking if looking at them, I'd say, but I don't, I'm not sure whether you've, you two have got. Futures here at the club. Um, As it stands, you'd I, say Calvert Lewin is the leading target man. Yeah, option. You know that Marco likes to use. He's he's ahead of everybody yeah. else in that regard. He might have, and I said there might be games next year that might be useful, yeah. uh, especially for teams likes to press high up the pitch. But Thomas like fifth season. He played last game of a couple of games, end of fifteen sixteen. Mm. So this is his fifth season. And I wonder, for all like we like our academy players to do well and stuff, is if after five seasons you're not showing that you're good enough, and we're looking for alternatives. Well, is there a, is there an awkward conversation to be had there? Mm. And uh, that would be another interesting to see what happens with those two players over the next uh, twelve months as yeah. well. Interesting in Tom's in Tom's instance where he did say in the interview we did with him, you know, he he's, he you know basically determined to prove in his words, that he is good enough and show people that. Yeah. So obviously he's aware that of the significance of this season for him at Everton. Yeah. And and maybe with Tom's case that a more fluid midfield might be more well, suitable to his style, to be fair. There was a there was a yeah. there was a in mid game against Mainz on Saturday, Marco started with a four three three in that game and then switched mid game to a four one, four one. And Tom was moved around but Obviously, the manager felt confident and comfortable he could yeah. do that because he was playing in a couple of positions. So he's definitely got that going for him. Yeah. It's just whether or not he wants to hold down a slot and difficult. I, I think their game time next year, both players will be limited mm. and then do need to talk about things. Um, okay, before we finish, uh, he has been mentioned. Onyakuru looks like he's heading out of Goodison permanently. Uh, the club are in talks with AS Monaco. Preno, a player that's... So as we're aware, never even trained with the football club. <laughs> no. Yet has been uh, the uh, on the books for two years. Are you are you sad that we'll not ever get to see him in a in a blue shirt? It's, it reminds me a little of uh, who was the centre half? Anthony Gardner. Anthony Gardner. Moyes got on loan. Didn't never he? actually played yeah. the game for the football club. Yeah. yeah. And the other one, Pat Jennings, who was you know the, the most capped footballer ever to <laughs> be signed by Everton, yet never he was only signed as cover, never played a game. Be one of those like mad quiz questions in the future. You know, yeah, who spent yeah. three years at Everton and never never played a game. A little bit disappointed. Um, you know, it was certainly a gamble worth taking. You know, he looked like a very, very promising young striker who, you know, so could have brought something different to the squad. But unfortunately, uh, Everton were hamstrung by by red tape, by um, the very complex rules and regulations that exist regarding uh, young international footballers. So never got the opportunity to see him play. Uh, through no fault of Everton's, uh, you know, they, they took the gamble. Uh, it, it didn't pay off. And, 
a sort of you want the lad to succeed, but you don't want him to be too mm. successful, <laughs> just just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we, yeah. we regress it quite bitterly. So yeah, a li- li- little bit saddened really that never came off. But you know, it's out of Everton's hands. You know, they, nothing they could have done to have altered the situation. So you just have to move on. I think, yeah. I think in true Steve Walsh tradition, he, he was another one, wasn't he? Who came with a lot of excitement and a lot of a lot of hype. Um, probably failed for for different reasons than than Klassen and, and Sandro. You know, seems. Work payment was was mm. pretty, pretty tough on him, but at the same time, it also kind of shows how, you know, Marco and, and Marcel Brands have been pretty pretty ruthless this summer. And, and if if there is a player who they do feel isn't going to fit for whatever reason, or you know, it looked like it was going to be, you know, pretty difficult, they are kind of happy to to shake hands on a on a deal and and get him out the door. And you know, first time in seemingly a long time, Everton have made a, a, an all right profit, a small profit on someone. And looks like it, it looks like it could be somewhere between. Ten and thirty million quid, maybe. Yeah, so, so. Well, if it gets to the high end, you've nearly yeah. doubled doubled your money on them. And you know, yeah, I think it was just a move that makes sense now, isn't it? You know, it, what is the point in paying these lads? You can't afford to wait forever, can you? No, yeah. exactly. And 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 you know, it doesn't as, as, as much as you know he, he done well at Galatasaray. I still don't think he he set the world on fire by any means. You know, pe- people say in PSG watching them and Borussia Dortmund were watching them, and, and you, you almost just don't know what's real anymore. But you know. <laughs> As as Preno says, good luck to the lad, but mm. let's just hope he's not winning the Ballon <laughs> d'Or. Yeah. <laughs> get get five or ten goals a season, and, yeah. and we'll see what happens. He leaves a bit of a, a bit of a uh, gap in the live blog though for you, Sam, doesn't he? he must have he's been, filled I would, some serious. I was going to say, pages. I would wager a bet that he's been the most rumored and talked about Everton player of the last yeah. t- two years. In in towards the end of the season, people were saying PSG were eyeing a forty million bid for him. Just gets ridiculous sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. But he also got married this week as well. He did. So congratulations. So probably, the, probably the best week of his life. Got married and left Everton. <laughs> Can't you blog about that, Sam? Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. We will uh, wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening, chaps. Thank you for your company. Uh, excellent as always. Uh, remember, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes and the Acast app. So please do so. You have been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.